Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615 Podcast. I'm your host, Drew Jones, and you are listening to episode 24. This is the first interview of our two-part project at Running the 615. Let me explain a little more about this. About a month ago, my friend Chuck Beard reached out to me about Gilda's Club and a race they have coming up here in Nashville on Saturday, April 3rd. Gilda's Club is a cancer support group for those who have been diagnosed and for their families and friends. The club is named after the late Gilda Radner of Saturday Night Live, who passed away from cancer, and her husband, Gene Wilder, a.k.a. Willy Wonka, founded the first Gilda's Club in New York City in 1989. There are now more than 100 Gilda's Club locations around the world, and they are a place of support, education, hope, and friendship. There is, of course, a Gilda's Club here in Nashville, and the unique part about the location here is that the running group Gilda's Gang started here about 15 years ago when a very special lady named Dr. Gail Adelstone put together a group of runners to train for the country music half marathon. Gail was a part of Gilda's Club and was diagnosed with cancer when she was 38, and we will learn a lot more about her in the following episodes. Back in 2012, my dad was diagnosed with stage 4 melanoma cancer, and I went to Gilda's Club numerous times uh, there for support, and it's an amazing organization. So when Chuck reached out to me and asked if I would like to be involved, my immediate response was absolutely. So here's what is going on. Episode 24 that you are currently listening to and episode 25, which will be ready in a few days, both feature ladies who have been involved with Gilda's Club and more specifically Gilda's Gang, which is all about running. Our first guest is Lori Rice, who is a rabbi here in Nashville. And in episode 25, we will talk to Danielle Gilbert, who is a life, health, and nutrition coach and also volunteers at Gilda's. First up in this episode, we talked to Lori Rice, who I have dubbed the running rabbi. Man, what a fascinating lady she is. She's a big runner. She loves everything about it. She has a super interesting story about her life, her running, and how she became a rabbi. Don't worry for all of you who are asking yourself, what is a rabbi? I ask her that exact question. Just another example of my top-notch interview skills. <laughs> but yes, Lori Rice was such a great interview. We talk about her going to college in Chicago. We talk about how she got started in running, talk about races that she's run in, and what brought her here to Nashville, and much more. Getting the opportunity to sit down and talk with wonderful people like Lori and Danielle is exactly why I started this podcast. Getting to participate in projects and uh, support groups like Gilda's Club is simply icing on the cake. I'm really excited for the race that they are sponsoring on April 3rd. The race will take place in Shelby Park with a 5K at 8 o'clock a.m. and then a family fun run one miler at 9 o'clock a.m. And yes, this is an actual live in-person race, which is awesome. They will do everything they can to make it a COVID-safe event with socially distanced protocols in place. But again, it is 100% an in-person race, and I'm super excited about it. All proceeds from the race will go to Gilda's Club, and it's a, it's a neat way to support a group that gives so much support uh, and help to others who are affected by cancer. 
As always, thank you everyone for tuning in and listening to Running the 615 podcast. I hope you will enjoy listening to these delightful ladies uh, on this episode and again, episode 25 that will be out soon. Okay, here we go. Episode 24, the mother to her kids, Shy, Asher, and Eden, wife to her husband, Flip, and Rabbi Lori to so many others. A lady who loves to run and has such gratitude for it that she will always be known to me as the running rabbi, Lori Rice. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Running the 615. This is Drew Jones. I'm sitting across from Lori Rice, who I have dubbed the Running Rabbi. That's her new nickname, although, Lori, you said that's not necessarily a nickname you've had for a while. Nope. Haven't had it. Okay. Starting today. To be fair, my girlfriend, who's a rabbi in New York, and I ran the LA Marathon together many years ago, like 2000 and... No, 1990-something. And we wore on our singlets, we wrote the running rabbis. Okay. But we got miscalled like running rabbits, running rabies. People didn't know what it was. Gotcha. But your husband's also a rabbi. Yes, he is. And he is not a runner. He's not a running rabbi. No, he is not. So if anyone in your family would be the running rabbi, it's you. Correct. Awesome. Well, welcome to Running the 615. Happy to have you here. We're going to talk about running, of course, but we're also going to dive in uh, a lot to just your life and your story, if that's uh, okay with you. Uh, Let's start with running, though. Just if you don't mind, tell me about how running entered your life and and how it kind of got started for you. Yeah, okay. Well, I love running. Really, one of the most favorite things in my life. Um, I was, I think, a sophomore in college, and I had a roommate who ran, And I think I was looking to lose a little bit of what came aboard freshman year gotcha. and just be healthy and get outside more often. And uh, I started running. And I remember the first time I ran three miles. I remember the first time I ran five miles. Um, Those milestones, you remember? Yeah. I mean, I just remember kind of being incredulous about it. Like, look, I just ran three miles, you know, and it was seemed really far. Yeah. Uh, It is far. Sure. Yeah. So, um, were you so you were born in LA, California girl? Was that also were you in California in college? No, I was in uh, Chicago. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. So also, it was just a way to get outside. I think, especially when you're not used to those kinds of winters, it can be very easy to sort of hole up and hibernate. Right. So running just became a way to, and I've always since been. I love winter running. Gotcha. I mean, there's even last week when we had all that snow, I just clip the yak tracks on my shoes and throw on a coat and. Winter There's, running in Chicago is real. Yeah, it's real. Right. So you went to Northwestern. Yes. Okay. So when when did you, how old were you when you moved from California to Chicago? I mean, when I was a freshman in college, college. so I was 17. That's when you went there. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So running gets started when you're in college and you, you say you love it now. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, what did you, do you feel like the love was there instantly? No, I mean, I thought it was really hard. And, and it, I think when you first start, it's you don't have a lot of those sort of endorphin glory runs where you right. just think like, I'm, I'm on clouds and it's, it's easy. But I always, loved, I always loved being outside and loved being in nature. I loved camping. I spent my summers uh, in national parks. I went to a summer camp on a lake. Um, so I love that running took me outside. I was not ever really a gym treadmill person. I was more of like, this is an opportunity to get fresh air and move and see things. Um, that part of it was what you were hooked on that. Yeah. Even when the running was hard, but my roommate who got me into it, she had already done a few races. So she said, Hey, let's go to this 5k. And that was 
fun all of a sudden to have this community of other excited people and right and you know when you when you race unless you're kind of an elite runner which i'm not um you're really kind of racing against yourself i wonder how fast i can be today i wonder so that was just so fun and, and people cheering you on even if you're last and yeah. by the way my first marathon i was practically last so you know you yeah. felt it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I totally agree. I mean, the I love running also, but I do feel like my fondest memories of running probably are like the races that I've run in yeah. and just the excitement of it all and being around others. And that's a neat component to it. And so fun. That is really what I'm excited about coming back is, is running in oh. a race with people and maybe one or two others clapping their hands as you run by. We would, all are. Would be awesome. So what is it about running that you feel like has kept you in it? You, you've been a runner a long time now. Like what is it about running that you feel you just, you've, you've attached yourself to and and kept it going all the way since college? I think there's the the everyday sort of commitment piece of having structure and something that you, that's, that's like um, foundational. So no matter what my day throws at me, and sometimes it can throw all sorts of random things given what I do, um, I can always go back to that, that hour I spent running in the morning that's like a route for me that just kind of solidifies and centers me. So that's why I get up and go almost every day because it's just something I can, I know will be grounding. Right. Um, and, and then I think the bigger piece is just kind of setting goals. Yeah. It's fun to say, you know, whether it was during the pandemic, I did the uh, virtual race across Tennessee. Oh, wow. And what was fun about that was it wasn't even something that it was just, um, everyone kind of kept their own stats. So right. it wasn't like you. Were, I was publicizing how far I was each day. But for me, it was like, will I log my miles today and, and get myself closer to getting across Tennessee? It's, it's, it's kind of having these little goals that every day there's an achievement to be made. Sure. Um, and, a, and a win, really. Yeah. And, and you, know, you, you know, some days you have that run where it feels like your legs have like five, pound, five tons of bricks tied right. to them and you're swimming through water and then you just have the next day, which is so great. Yeah. So what was the distance? What, how, how many miles is it for the virtual across Tennessee? It was a thousand kilometers. Thousand so kilometers. okay, yeah, you can do that at your own. At your own, you're just clocking your kilometers yeah, they gave as you, you go. They right. gave you March, uh, May first to August thirtieth okay. to get across Tennessee, or you could even go race across Tennessee and then back across, and that was why not twelve hundred yeah. miles. So <laughs> wow. yeah, so you yeah. could either do. I think you had to hit five point three miles a day to get across, and then ten point or 5.2 and then 10.4 or something like that to make it back. Man. But you, a, you didn't have to run them. You could run and walk. Just, you had to hoof it. Right. But you could do any combo that you wanted. Okay. That's as mul many times a day. And you were able to complete it. The, I went it, up across and back. You did both. Awesome. I, I'm a bat. Man. Back across. That is awesome. Yeah. The guy who, who put on the Barkley marathons is the one who did oh, this. Oh, Laz. Yeah. yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> that, I should have known Which I, that. I feel good about because I will never run the Barkley marathons. Right. So. <laughs> I've, I met Laz uh, about a year and a half ago at Fleet Feet uh, Huntsville. He was there. Dude. What an interesting guy. Oh, he was, yeah. He's super personable. I, I, I oh, enjoyed chatting with him. And it, uh, he's put some crazy stuff out out there. I actually emailed him to thank him for creating the Race Across Tennessee because for me it was really important sanity wise during yeah. COVID. And he wrote me back the nicest email. Awesome. Oh yeah. Yeah, he's he he's a unique guy, but also again just put some cool things out there for runners. Yeah. Real quick just to go back, do you remember a time 
after you had just begun running, you said the five Ks were neat. And once you got into races, do you remember any like specific thing that, that got, you know, got you to like, all right, yep, yeah, I'm, I'm in on this running thing. And this is something I want to keep doing for a long time. Like any specific run or any specific race that like, like was the, the click that just let it, let it happen. And, and has stayed that way since. Gosh, I don't know. I, I know that I was very ill-prepared um, and undertrained for my first marathon, which was the end of that first year that I started running. Right. And um, Was because, it Chicago? Did you run Chicago? No, it was Lake County Races, okay. which is northern suburbs of Chicago, but a smaller race. It ends in Ravinia, the music park. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. beautiful. You run along the lake, Lake Michigan, the whole way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was so poorly prepared that I, I knew at that point I was committed to doing it again and doing it better, gotcha. um, which wasn't going to take a whole lot to be f- honest. And, um, and so two you years set later, the bar low. With yeah. The yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It was very Not easy to achieve. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and so I did two years later, I, um, and I think that idea of setting a goal and then like preparing for it and seeing if I could accomplish it, um, was very gratifying. Yeah. Uh, I really appreciated that. And I, I love that running is both incredibly public, the community thing that you and I were talking about with races, mm-hmm. but that it's also very private. You you don't have to publicize your goals. You don't have to say, I'm trying to hit this you know, my, amount of mileage or this time. And um, it, so it kind of meets like every personality need in that way. You can be both a little bit introverted and still enjoy the camaraderie of it. Right. Yeah. That's unique that running, running has both of those. So, you know, you've run in a lot of races since then. What's a, what's a couple that stand out as just like favorite races when you look back on them, you're like, man, that was, that was fun. Result results were there. Yeah. Like just some that stick out as, as favorites. Um, I mean, for sure, I just have to give a local nod to the Flying Monkey. All right. That is just... Former guest, Trent Rosen. Yep, yep, yep. Love that answer, yes. Um, My favorite is when you finish that race and and Trent's staying there and and he usually says something like, that wasn't so bad, was it? It's like, well, I don't know if I'm going to throw up on you (laughs) or hit you or I'm just glad to be standing up. Right. Um, He, I really enjoyed interviewing Trent and, and have gotten to know him a little bit better since then. And, you know, the Flying Monkey itself has always had a great you know, following and, and anybody that's ever running it loves it. But now kind of knowing Trent better and knowing the backstory, yeah. not only uh, me personally, like I like that, I've had several people reach out to me that were just like, man, I've, I've always loved the monkey. Like it's such yeah. a cool race, but I really knowing the love story. it more because I now feel like I'm, I'm on the inside as, as you know, uh, about that race. So yeah. Thanks again, Trent, for coming and being a part of it. Well, yeah. I don't mean to sell Trent out, but you know, Trent is not just a doctor and a race director, but he's also what we call a moil. Do you know what that is? I don't. So a moil is a um, Jewish doctor that performs circumcisions on Jewish newborn okay. boys. Well, he, we talked about that yeah. afterwards. Okay, and I so that was the word of it. I've gotcha. spent some quality time with Trent, both in the in the in my rabbi relationship, right. not just in racing. So I feel like I've got a full 360 picture of him. Yes, man. <laughs> Seeing um, him at truly at work. Yeah. Yeah, in a professional yeah, life and yeah. seen him at work as his uh, race director yeah. but uh, the mon- role. The yeah. monkey's great because it feels almost like a trail race mm-hmm. in that, um, I mean, you, you feel like someone would, if you were really struggling, pick you up and carry you if they had to. I mean, it's just, there. there's so much admiration right. yeah. for anybody doing that because it's hard. Sure. And, um, you know, you're out there because you truly love to run yeah. and you love those parks. So the monkey and then um, as far as sort of like big... Uh, 
glamour races, I would say the New York City Marathon For sure. was so fun. Yep. I hope to do it again someday. I haven't done it in a long time. Have you run it once? Twice. Twice. Back same. to back. Oh, two years in a row. Yeah, but yeah. That, it's not since. Gotcha. I, I've run it twice as well. I, I feel like I've talked about that race. I, I have a very, very, what I would label poor record when it comes to marathons. <laughs> like not one of them, one of them went well. The others, others did not. But to me, I've, I've not been to Boston Marathon. I haven't run it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I hope to one day. I know that the Boston Marathon is the Super Bowl of running. Like yeah. it's, it is literally the crown achievement. But I, I've talked to enough runners, been in the running industry long enough that if you ask enough people, New York City City's is the one big. that's that that is genuinely the answer as favorite race ever because it's it's the biggest marathon in the world and it's amazing. You you feel absolutely like you are a part of the biggest marathon yeah. in the world when you're in the middle of it. I totally agree. Like coming across the bridge into the borough of Manhattan is. Mm-hmm. I, I, I cried. Yeah. I mean, it was emotionally moving, but I, I was going to say something about, um, uh, Boston. Cause you just brought it up that, um, first of all, I, I wanted to ask you why you thought it, you were, it wasn't a good race. You didn't feel good or just. So I, yeah, no, just results wise. I oh, haven't yeah. yet. The first marathon I ran in, I, 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 I love now talking about it because I'm not in the middle of it, but I love that I hit the wall in the first marathon because you hear all the, everyone yeah, talk yeah. about it. And I mean, it couldn't have been more accurate for what I experienced. I mean, I was in a terrible place physically, mentally, emotionally right. for the last five miles of that race. That's and rough. It, it made it better to get through it and finish. But I mean, it was a horrible finish to and that that's, race. That's not a short yeah. amount. People say like, oh, well, you've only got five miles left, but that can still be an hour depending on what your pace is. Might as well a- have been 50 miles. At right. The, it's like yeah. a long time when you're not comfortable. Right. Um, so that, I, I mean, all the marathons I've run in, uh, very shortly after when they're over and even if they didn't go though well I've been like oh my god finished yeah, that was yeah. great like a definite sense of enjoyment yes. in the race itself but <laughs> I've only had one of four that when I finished you felt head good. up smiling next to my buddy Travis high five and yeah. just broke four hours which was our goal yeah nice great day yeah the other three <laughs> like so literally uh, I mean I think I was doing <laughs> somersaults on the ground just to roll over oh, the finish line and leave me here for dead. Okay. Yeah. So, well, I, I also have not run Boston before. Um, although, and I'll probably get smoked for saying this, but I, everyone says heartbreak Hill around mile 17 in Boston is rough. And I would just put miles 18 to 20 of the monkey against that and say, you, now you tell me if that's hard, but that's another story. Well, I truly (laughs) biased, of course, in Nashville, love Nashville, love flying monkey, love Trent, all of that. It's one of the hardest marathons in the world. Oh, or, man. You know, it just actually United came out States in an article. Sure. It's one of the hardest. It's it got to be. Yeah. I mean, that thing is a roller coaster. Yeah, it's a roller. It's, it's a that beast. you get to experience running. But I always wanted to do Boston and I hadn't qualified and I hadn't really engaged in like a meaningful racing or training program to qualify. So I uh, entered it as a charity runner and I got chosen. Right. And I was supposed to run it last year. Oh, 2020, 2020 was my right. year for the Boston Marathon. I raised $25,000. And the global pandemic said no go. Yeah, for the Heather Abbott Foundation. And then oh, it got wow. canceled. And and actually, now that they have a potential date in October, if it's races are running in Massachusetts. But the question is, you know, what size will the field be? And will the charities be given their bibs? And the uh, Heather Abbott, who's the head of the charity that I was raising money for, um, has said we have first right of refusal for the bibs if it goes. But I have to think that even though vaccinations are rolling and 
cases are on the down. I just can't see that they're going to run 40 plus thousand people in Boston in the fall, but maybe who knows? Yeah, no, that's, I would, yeah, not going to count on it happening until you're about four days out and you're getting ready to head to the airport. (laughs) So uh, one, one last thing on running, what's the best reason you would give someone to start running and, and what does, you know, just running itself mean to you? It's a loaded question there, but why would you give someone the, you know, the kind of nudge to start running? I mean, I think running is like free therapy. Mm. I, I, I call it meditation in motion because it is, has incredible healing benefits, both physically and mentally. Meditation in motion. I've never heard that. I love it. Yeah. I mean, whether you listen to music or you listen to a podcast like Running the 615, which is the best one to listen to when it you're is. running. And it's really what I, most of the people around the country listen to. As they running, should. So. And around the world. Um, <laughs> Very true. Yeah. But, I, but you know, it's there's just a lot of clarity and, and clearness, clear headedness can mm-hmm. come from, you know, 20 minutes out on the road with some fresh air and anything that feels overwhelming or too much, at least for me, is, you know, is cut in half by the time I'm, I'm generally done with, you know, my time outside. So that's why I would encourage people. And then what does running then just individually, you know, mean to you when, you know, someone's just like, Hey, I know you've been a runner a long time. You're the running rabbi. What, you know, what does running mean to you? Just kind of as a, as a whole in your life? I mean, for me, it's a daily reminder. It, it's gratitude inducing. Look at what my body does. How lucky am I to be healthy and be able to stand up and do this? And and if I have this capability, then what do I need to be doing for other people so that they can feel good about themselves? It's very much a pay it forward sort of inducing activity of like, I have so much gratitude for this opportunity and what I'm able to do, what I'm gifted with as far as my health. And, and so now how do I make that a reality for somebody else? Right. No, no doubt. Great segue, uh, Lori, into our question about being a rabbi. Uh, for our listeners who don't know, tell me what, what is a rabbi? What, what does that mean? So the translation of the Hebrew word rabbi just means teacher, but essentially a rabbi is the clergy role in the Jewish faith tradition. Gotcha. And how did that come into your life? What was the factors that got you down that path? Yeah, I mean, I, the short answer to that is I I grew up in a in a Jewish home, but not a religious one or or very observant one. Um, I went to college, wasn't really involved much in campus Jewish life at all. Uh, didn't sort of uh, distinguish between my friends who were Jewish and my friends who weren't. Um, thought of myself as somebody who was Jewish, but that might not even have been in the top sort of three descriptives I would have given about myself at the time. And um, I ended up spending a summer in Israel after my junior year in college, which was completely uh, unplanned. I was supposed to spend it in the former Soviet Union with this nonprofit that I was volunteering for. And uh, last minute, instead of sending me to Moscow, they sent me to Jerusalem. And it was kind of this fortuitous, you know, meant to be, we say Basharit is the the Yiddish word, um, meant to be thing that happened. I ended up in Israel and anyone who's been there, it's like this very magical place because it's the crossroads of so many um, significant religious traditions that there's there's like a um, electricity in the air. Oh, wow. um, I mean, the spirituality is strong. 
the, <laughs> the force is strong in that country. <laughs> uh, the religious force is strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. So I just was captivated and, um, you know, learned a lot about my heritage that I had never been exposed to before in that summer and came back to my senior year in college just wanting to know more. I was very intrigued and I was a history major. So it was kind of in line with just what I enjoyed studying anyway. And uh, it turned out that the female rabbi, the rabbi at the synagogue nearest to Northwestern where I was a student was a, was a woman. So that was a nice model for me. And she was brilliant and incredibly eloquent. She had a command of the English language that I have rarely heard. Um, and, and I just saw what she did as far as teaching and kind of leading people in these spiritual moments um, and creating spiritual moments for people to grow in. And I was like, I just thought I want to do that. Yeah. So without a doubt, if you go to Moscow instead of Israel, not sure that today you're running oh, no. rabbi. Oh, no, I was going to take the foreign service exam and yeah. go down that path. Inter divine intervention. Yeah, uh, I might have been the running foreign service officer. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, that's okay, though. Yeah. <laughs> so there, I'm sure lots of answers for this question, but I definitely would like to hear about some of them. What What's just some interesting things that you've been able to experience being a, being a rabbi as a professional career? I probably can't tell all the stories because there, I would probably be breaking confidentiality. Sure. There's some funny ones. Yeah. Uh, sometimes my colleagues and I think we could write a few books. But People in life are, are, are unique, so I'm sure you get to you know hear hear a lot of stuff. Yeah, that I mean, falls under that category. I could joke and say we're all crazy right. at some level, that's you know, okay. as human yeah, beings, okay and, and I think that's true. But um, but on a more serious level, this that this job being a rabbi affords. Um, standing next to people when they're kind of experiencing the most vulnerable and incredible, both in, in tragic and in celebratory moments of their lives. Right. And to get to accompany people through those moments and, and help sort of guide them through them or, or even just sit in them and, and experience them and kind of be there to, to support them at that moment is, is a privilege. Sure. So you get to experience emotion, uh, emotional highs on, on both sides. And yeah. And one day sometimes up right. and down and right. When you first started, started as a rabbi, you know, were, was any of it surprising and how it might maybe affected your own life? Just like sitting with other people while they're going through things, like you said, sometimes joy, sometimes heartache, like how much of a toll did it take on you individually as a person to just be, you know, in these places with people? Um, I, I don't know if it takes a toll. I, I mean, I'm sure it does. Sometimes if I just look back over a day or a week, I, I think, wow, look, look at all the places I've been mentally and emotionally. Right. Um, and there, there's a endorphin rush is not the right word, but there is a sense of kind of, um, of an energy that, pulsates when that's happening right um, as opposed to kind of a more administrative day or week that yeah. doesn't feel I mean those are important tasks as well mm -hmm. but um, they they're more scripted it's those kind of unscripted moments where you find yourself um, not necessarily even sure how to navigate something but you just go with the faith that you'll figure it out and and I mean, I'm thinking about um, we lost a teen in our congregation from a brain tumor a few years ago. And, 
you know, sitting with the family as that happened. And then even after he passed, I mean, I didn't have a a playbook for that. And you never know if you're doing, there's no, even to say, am I doing this well or right? There is nothing like that. It's just being your, as authentic as you can and present in the moment and, and hoping that that, that truth and of presence and, and heart will be enough sure. to help these people, this family. Yeah. So totally. And you've been a rabbi how long? Uh, I was ordained 20, almost 22, 21 years ago. Awesome, man. That's an interesting career. I mean, I think it's, uh, it goes without saying that you probably have experienced enough, um, you know, just, um, situations in, in life that, you know, they're, there's got to be a lot of just reflection with, with the things that you're able to see and be a part of with others. But also I'm sure uh, something that when you look at it as just the career you have is a huge, you know, a blessing that you get to do that. Yeah. That's super cool. I want to talk about Gilda's gang in yeah. Nashville that you're a part of. I've actually been to been there before. Um, I lost my dad to cancer back in 2013 and and was a part of that group for a bit. Yeah, you know, d- difficult thing to go through, but I do feel, um, you know, I felt a, a sense of help from the yeah, people that I met through Gilda's gang uh, while I was going through that. You know, what is Gilda's gang and, and how long have you been a part of it? I also lost my father to cancer. Uh, he was 49. So oh, it was wow. a little over 30 years ago, um, which young. is just crazy to think. Yeah, he was young. I mean, that's my age. That's right. my, my husband's older than that now. It's just weird to think about. And anyway, I'm sorry you went through that too. Same. Um, <clears throat> anyway, if Gilda's Club was around when my father passed away, I didn't know about it. And I wish I had because I think it's a tremendous organization. Mm-hmm. When I first came to Nashville in 2006, one of the first people I met was this like shining star named Gail Adelstone. She's a member, she was a member of our congregation, and she was pretty sick at the time when I met her. And she came to introduce herself to me, not because she felt like she needed to tell the new rabbi about, um, you know, where she was uh in, in, in her cancer uh, journey, but because she was worried that maybe I didn't know anybody and I would need some friends, gotcha. which was just very Gail. Sure. Like always thinking about everybody else. Yep. And she introduced me to her tight circle of female friends who to this day, I still think are the most amazing women. Um, you, you know, one of them, Danielle Gilbert. I know uh, you'll be chatting with Danielle and <clears throat> I met Danielle through Gail. I mean, she just was one of those connectors and she knew if, if, if Gail introduced you to someone, you knew they were going to be just quality. Right. Um, but she was sick and I was the rabbi. And so not, she not only was a friend connection for me, but, um, I had a role to play with her as well. And, um, I think she passed about a year after that. Right. Um, so that, I mean, what was that? 2007? Yeah. And so, the, so, and her, correctly. her personality and her presence with the Gilda's gang is still there. Like yes. her name, her name is mentioned on a regular basis. Yes. Because her mom had also passed away, Eleanor. Okay. Um, and I always feel, I mean, her father, Ron is one of the loveliest men and you know, that he had to go through the loss of his wife and his daughter. <clears throat> I mean, it's amazing what the human heart can can handle. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, Gil, uh, Gail was very involved with Gilda's, and 
to my knowledge, that's where Gilda's Gang kind of how it came about. And they would put a group together. Uh, and I think Bruce Lyon was always the the head of that um, team um, with Gail to and Danielle was instrumental from the beginning as well, as were Gail's entire little circle of friends that she introduced me to. Yeah. Uh, Mary Beth Thomas, Julie West, um, and others. And um, and this, there'd be a training group that would prepare generally for the half marathon, right. but sometimes for the full. Yep. And there were group runs, and then the whole group would get together before the race that morning, take a big group picture. And there, there, I think there may have been nutrition seminars. Danielle leads us now, but there were definitely um, there was you know training tips, and Bruce took people through exercises and stretches and. Um, it was just a great way to make friends and, and raise money for something really important. So, right. And Gilda, of course, named after Gilda oh, yeah. Radner from Saturday Night Live. Yeah, because the whole yeah. thing was about just joy and community. Yeah. Even in the midst of like cancer, which there's very few things in life that are more awful than that. So. Sure. And Gilda's gang has got uh, got something coming up in, in April that we're going to try to get something going with, uh, you know, things are getting better on, yeah. the, on the pandemic side, but hopefully where it's a, it's a race that, that can take place and, and, and make it happen. It's going to be great because you have the option to do a 5K or a one mile and you can walk or run either, frankly, but it's going to be out at Shelby Park. And so very COVID safe, mm-hmm. um, socially distanced, activity. You can be with people in your bubble already, or if not, there'll be lots of room for people to spread out and out in the open air. And um, in all the proceeds go to support Gilda's and the many services that they provide to our community, which largely are free for people. And, you know, it's not just for those who are moving through cancer, but all of their family and friends and loved ones who are also moving through and and on that journey. So it's for all of them. mm -hmm. Yeah. That is super cool. I'm I'm, I'm excited uh, that that's happening and, and looking forward to being there. Yeah. Um, uh, one one last uh, running question, Nashville specific. Where is your perfect run in Nashville? Where are you running? What time of day is it? Mm. Temperature? Anybody you're running with? Like describe ideal Nashville run okay. for, for you, Lori. Um, well, let me just say lately I've been running a lot from my front door, the flat road of Moran, a little loop by my house. Right. Um, because I'm trying to increase on some speed and I can't hit those hills if I want to do that. Um, and, uh, but an ideal run would be to head into one of the parks, Percy Warner, Edwin Warner. Um, and I like the cold running over the hot, I mean the warm, humid Nashville summer. I always say, if you can run through that, you've earned the fall and the winter. Kudos to Trent for having the monkey in November. You yeah, get to, get to I mean, potentially reap some rewards of running in a microwave over the summer, which is it, what it is. Yeah, I mean, it's like people say, "Well, I do high altitude running." I'm like, "Well, I run in the Nashville summer." So, so high thanks. five, exactly. So <laughs> you do run Moran Road though, Moran Road, like where it goes out to Natchez Trace. Yeah, that's and a I run, good, that's and a I pretty run. The Natchez run. Trace Road too for my long runs because right. it's it's fairly flat. You get a little bit of rolling. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Okay, so but Nashville, you moved here in 2006. Yeah. You were already a rabbi. Yeah. Um, what brought you here? <clears throat> so my husband, who's, as you mentioned, a rabbi, he and I were living with our three kids in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And we worked for two different synagogue communities. And that was becoming a little exhausting. Right. I mean, tough just to kind of have a family and, and these two communities because you get so invested in your community. So to have two. Mm-hmm. Um, so we started to kind of look around where where might we want to work and maybe work together. And um, I, I truly did not think I would move to this great state of Tennessee, but this job was available and it looked really amazing. And so we took the plunge and yeah. 
Head That's awesome. Nashville is great. Nashville has my heart for sure, but yeah. Brooks headquarters is in Seattle. I, I get to go there a couple of times a year. That's, That's a awesome. neat city. Great running too. Yeah, for we sure. We lived right off the Brooke Gilman Trail. Oh, wow. So yeah. that was so that's that's convenient. prime yeah. for a runner, absolutely. Yeah. So now you've lived here 15 years. What is the most Nashville thing about you? <laughs> What's the most Nashville thing about me? Um, I mean, it's not just because of COVID that I don't catch a lot of live music. I also like to go to bed like at nine. So okay. right. <laughs> that, that's prohibitive. Yeah. Um, that's maybe the most non-Nashville thing about you that you Okay, don't get- I, I have something. I have okay. something. I actually like fried food, even though I try not to eat it very much. And I love fried pickles. Okay. Does there that you count? Go. That does. Yeah, Absolutely I love fried pickles. Counts. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, not, not before a long run, though, because... Right. Then you have to take more toilet Pickles paper are you. good for you when you run. Maybe not fried pickles. <laughs> so is there anything about you that you consider not Nashville? I mean, you're born in California, college in Chicago, didn't get here until your professional life. Is there anything about Nashville that you're like, yeah, no, that's not, that's not me. I mean, I love so much about Nashville. I think I still get, I'm working to get used to just sort of Tennessee politics okay, and social norms. Gotcha. Um, and the bless your heart, which I wonder if how authentic it is at all times. As a running rabbi, you absolutely get to make the call on whether <laughs> when someone says bless your yeah, heart, yeah, what, yeah. what's the what's the origin of that? Yeah. Um, if you were mayor of this city, is there anything that you would put into motion as mayor of Nashville that you'd like to 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 just see in this city? Oh my gosh! Well, I mean, there's a lot of really great initiatives going on already, but I mean. Aside from the usual, like more equitable housing and reduction of homelessness and poverty, and and um, removing you know food deserts from our community, right. I would say um, as far as green space, just continuing to preserve it, and the efforts to link the greenways so that we have kind of one consistent greenway. Oh, sure. yeah. You know, encouraging more um, walking, running, biking, which I think filters down to so many other positives. Mm-hmm. And Nashville's moving in that direction. I mean, so much has happened to expedite and increase that in our city since I came in 2006. Right. So we're um, heading in the right direction. I think we're heading in the right yeah, direction. Yeah. Awesome. Are you a music fan? I do love music. Do you have any favorite artists or bands that you just like, man, love them, love them, love them? Yeah, I, I have like a range of different things. I mean, it'd probably be easier if I just kind of told you about my Pandora stations. But okay. um, but uh, I'm a Billy Joel fan. I also happen to love Crosby, Stills and Nash. I'm thinking to my Indigo Girls. Uh, I love anything Broadway. Oh, I'm wow. like a major musical theater fan. Yeah. So, I mean, I can shift from like on a run to listening to Billy Joel or um, Michael Jackson and then go right over to like Les Rob. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty good. Yeah. There's a, a little bit of variety there. I don't sure. mind country. Yeah. I don't mind country. I like old school country. Yeah. Uh, I've got some, some old country, old school country artists like Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash that I actually listened to a lot. Um, some of the newer John stuff. Prime. John Prine, great. Love. Yes, he's awesome. That's one of my buddy Scott Bell's favorite of all time. Yeah. Um, best concert you've ever been to? I mean, Grateful Dead, Shoreline Amphitheater, San wow. Francisco. Yeah, that's cool. That's that's uh, That'd probably be the uh, number one of a lot of people's list if they got to see that one. How about this? If you're going to go see a concert in, tonight in Nashville at the Ryman, and Ooh, you get to pick who you're going to see. You, your husband, your kids, you're going to see just the artist of your choice. Who would you go see at the Ryman? Gosh. Um, 
I, I might see Neil Young, who I've never seen in concert. Yes. I think that'd be great. Neil Young. Yes. At the Ryman. Okay. I mean, yeah. I feel like that'd be a really good... It'd be popular. You yeah. wouldn't be the only one who'd want to see that. No. For sure. Uh, awesome, Lori. So we're going to move into running the 615 speed sessions. Okay. I, I know you've listened to uh, the podcast, so you, yeah. you know what this what this is. Um, I'm going to ask you this. Do you know what the fastest mile you've ever run is? So I don't know what my fastest mile is, but yesterday my running coach had me do a two-mile race. Okay. And I was very proud. Two-mile time trial? Two-mile time trial. Yep. 13.53. Wow. I know, right? Sub seven minutes. Yeah. yeah. Let me d- can I just put a little plug for the running farther Certainly. and faster coaches? Yes. Yeah. Julie Sapper and Lisa Levin, they're awesome. That's true. And how long have they coached you? So I've been I've been like corresponding with them for over a year, but I just started pr- actually paying coaching at right. the beginning of January. Gotcha. So I'm new, but I love it. And I recommend to anyone, you do not have to be a professional runner to get a running coach. Okay. Say, fact, say their names again one more time. Lisa Levin and Julie Sapper, and they are running farther and faster. That's is, their website. Is Margaret Jones, is she a runner with him? Is she in Mount Juliet? No, they, she's they here They have in another Nashville runner, but she's in Mount Juliet and I don't... Okay, I that's not Margaret. Her Margaret's got a coach coach and group that she runs with that she likes a lot. Yeah, they, so they Margaret did. was guest number uh, six on running the 615. Uh, that's why okay. I don't remember the names as, as well yeah. now at guest number 24. But so you've been lo- having a running coach. You love it. I love it. Right. So much fun. They just, they, they are driving the car and tell you what to do and when to do it. Yeah, so my two mile time trial... A month ago was fourteen thirty six, and now yeah. it's thirteen fifty three. So something's working, right? Yeah. And last week was like snowmageddon in Nashville, and times are still no dropping. Joke. Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. That's fast. That I mean, sub I four, sub fourteen for two two miles is moving. Um, okay, here we go. Speed sessions. No wrong answers, so don't uh, don't stress yourself on these. Just <laughs> just tell me what you think. Can anybody that's listening to this podcast tell that I have a sheet of paper that I'm about to read off because I'm making so much because I'm making so much noise? (laughs) (laughs) All right, I am officially ready. All right, here we go. Okay, trails or roads? Ooh, this is not a short one. Trails, but I'm so scared after falling twice that I really stick to roads now. Okay, you love trails. Love trails, but really scared. Got you. Are you an early bird or night owl? Early. Breakfast, lunch, or dinner? Lunch and dinner. Awesome. What is your favorite Nashville restaurant? Ooh. I love Nona. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Italian fan. And Sylvan Park. Yeah. Yeah. I'll just leave it at that. Perfect. Would you rather have coffee, tea, soda, water, or alcohol? Oh, wine. Wine. Let's talk about that real quick. You worked at a winery. I did. Great job. Yeah. Not great that for That was running. your job, working at a winery. Yes. I poured right. wine for visitors. Wow. And how long did you do that? Almost a year. Man. It's fun. And drinking wine was obviously part of the job. You just took it home every day. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> Street continues. <laughs> uh, talker or listener? In your profession, I imagine you have to be both. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to say listener, I think. Oh, great. Yeah. I don't know. Um, beach or mountains? Mountains. Something that is good for you. No. Let's back that up. Something that is not good for you that you do anyway. Well, I mean, the drinking wine thing. Okay. But... Um, I mean, I don't know if that's necessarily bad for you, but that's 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 an okay answer. Well, how often do you drink it? Touche. <laughs> <laughs> I stay corrected. How about this? Something that is good for you that you wish you did more of? Oh, something that's good for me that I wish I did more of. I probably should drink more water. Okay. I don't know. I'm grabbing. I'm in that camp. Okay. Uh, need to do that myself. Would you? What is your favorite cookie or candy? Oh, chocolate chip and for the cookie and candy. 
Uh, chocolate covered pretzels. All right. Yeah. You you knew those. Yeah. Favorite sports team. I mean, I'm going to have to say the Titans because I think my boys will just kill me if I didn't. I don't know your boys, but I love them. And I love <laughs> the Titans. The Titans are my boys. Yeah, we're a Titans family. Yes. Yeah. Derek awesome. Henry, I just want to say, he and I have this like thing where he, I like, I tell him to run fast and he just takes that ball and he, he runs all the way down the field. It's amazing. Yes. Well, <laughs> I am a huge Derek Henry fan. Yeah. I, I, I love him. I'm so glad he's a Titan. Yeah. And you being a rabbi, I feel like, you know, at least part of his 2000 year, 2000 yard year, you know, that you were. Yeah. And I feel it. like the Titans could use a team rabbi. So I'm just waiting for them to give me a call. Well, Jim Wyatt, uh, the uh, editor-in-chief of Titans Online, has been a guest here, listens to this show. Okay, so well, he is going to hear that. Yeah, and I mean, this, just, they've probably thought it before, but didn't know where to go. Yep. We've, we're, I'm, I'm currently looking at the future rabbi of the Tennessee Titans. The running awesome. rabbi of the Tennessee Running rabbi, yes. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite TV show of all time, or a movie, one of the two? When Harry Met Sally for the movie and TV show, gosh, um... I've liked a lot of different shows. Uh, what if I maybe watched more than once? I mean, I love The West Wing. I love Sex and the City. Um, I mean, there's some good ones out right now, too. Sure. This Is Us, Parenthood. Yeah. Awesome. I like anything that doesn't stress me out too much. Okay. Otherwise, it's I don't want to entertainment it. value. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Do you have a dream vacation spot? Ooh. Um, yeah, I would like to go on a trail running vacation in the Dolomites. Okay, where is that? Italy. Italy, yeah. man. And there are a couple companies that do these like sort of high-end trail running trips where, you know, you 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 it's hard during the day, but then you like stay nice and there's spa services and it sounds amazing. So you go there, they tell you what the run is, where you're doing it, and then afterwards it's like spa and then you get up and do it again. Yeah, and you eat well. Man. Doesn't that sound good? Yes. You can come. All, do they have one of those in like Smyrna? <laughs> The, I don't know. A the Smyrna Trail enough. vacation experience? Maybe okay. Chattanooga. Okay. There, there you go. Maybe better. That's, uh, that sounds right. Yeah. Um, is there anything that annoys you, Lori? Yes. What? Want anything that... What's what's one thing that annoys you? People that are not generous. Okay. Either spirit or materially. Yes. Generosity is a good thing. Best way to recover after a long or difficult run? Compression socks. Hot shower. Not in that order. I would put the socks on after. Right. And um, a good meal. Yes. Eating, I don't know, man. I would, I would, I, I agree. Those are correct. I would say eating a meal is the best way to recover from a long different run. I'll leave out the good part. Like, I mean, I feel like. Oh, no. As long as it's good to you. Oh, gotcha. But I'm an enjoyable. Like, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I don't eat soon enough. People say you got to eat quick to like get the recovery benefits, but I'm not hungry right away. Oh, I'm the same. Yeah. yeah no, it, it does take me a little while to get there, yeah. but. Yeah, then then I want to go to someplace like Cracker Barrel or Toots. Yeah, Mellow Mushroom. Yes. That's my fave. Awesome. Uh, is there anything you're afraid of? Oh, my God, yeah. Flying in airplanes, especially when they might crash. Yep. I'll just leave it there. I agree. I've flown a ton Me in too, my but life. I don't like, like it. Like a ton, and I don't... Uh, when we were on our way back um, from our honeymoon, the, there was a little bit of turbulence, and I was like, I hate this. Yeah. I, I totally hate this plane <laughs> yeah. right now. Yeah, exactly. Ugh brutal it's a control thing uh do you listen to music when you run i do yep and you wear a watch i only now do since i started working with the running coach i Your never did coach before. wants you to wear, wear yeah watch. mostly just because i'm tracking paces and intervals you need and your stuff data like to get yes. back to your coaches right yeah do you have a favorite song that you listen to when you run just one that jumps at you 
Um, not uh, when this comes on, I'm always really happy, which is Summer Highlands Fall by Billy Joel. Okay. I don't know that one. I will so good. Like, yes. But I mean, I like a lot of different songs. That's But that's a good one. That's okay. Um, I, I, maybe we, we talked about Nashville specifically, but this is somewhat different. Where is your favorite running path you have ever run on? Just like, Ooh. this is my favorite place I've ever run. You know, it's it, you wouldn't think it's not like this like gorgeous... I'm going to give two. Okay. One is um, Moses Cone Park in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. So beautiful. The carriage trails. You got to get, you'll love Dirt it. Dirt trails. It's not a trail. It's, it's, it's a, it's called a carriage trail. It's where like the carriages used to, oh, so it's, okay. oh, it's almost as wide as like one car could go on it, mm-hmm. but it's an, a softer surface okay. and it's in this beautiful park. And at the bottom of the park at Moses Cone, there's a, a lake called Bass Lake that, that's got like a one mile loop around it. So that's just for mountain, like treed mountainous area gorgeous and then central park the loop around central park in new york i mean it's fun yeah you can get plenty of miles inside central park too because there's like there's a lot of inner loop Mm -hmm. outer loop i used to actually be a pacer for the new york roadrunners club wow when i was in seminary so when i was 20 those are the years i ran for the new york city marathon i was the nine minute mile pacer and you like you were the pacer for the whole race. Yeah, I like ran with the little Man. not for the New York City Marathon, but, but for, for their, the training races for, group, for the club. The yeah. Runners. Okay. And you were in seminary in New York, so you got a lot of New York City then. Yeah, I did yeah. all the little half mar- borough half marathons. Man, a lot of cool parks in New York yeah, City. Yeah, great. Those are good answers. I want to go run those as soon as possible. Um, if you want a million dollars, what would you buy? Ooh, a million dollars actually doesn't buy you as much as you think. It's true. I, I'd probably invest a lot of it so that I could pay for things for my kids in the future. Okay. <laughs> I know that's well, not very exciting. But I, I would got, invest. I got three colleges to <laughs> you know to cover, so uh, I know it's not that's very exciting, okay. right? Yeah, I mean that's all right. I'm gonna have to change this answer though to <laughs> what would you do with ten million dollars? Yeah, yeah, ten million. Million just but doesn't. No travel joke. Like I think about if I won the lottery, all the different things I'd love. To, I mean. Yes, I would like buy some things for myself, but mostly I would be so excited to be able to give some money away. That'd be so fun. Right. Because I, I, I can, I give money charitably, but I can't give that much because, you know. Sure. You'd give more. Awesome give answer. More. Boy, that's okay. That's a good one. Uh, what makes you happy? Uh, hanging out with my family and um, enjoying my professional life and running Running and sub sub fourteen minutes for two miles. Were you happy the whole time you were you were you were getting after? Well, it? the thing is, I couldn't actually tell from Strava, which I'm still learning how to use, if I hit that. But I thought I did, so I texted my running coach Lisa and I said, "I think I might be under seven minutes for each mile, but let me know." And she has her own life, and so like she got back to me, you know, hours or whatever later, and she's like, "You did, you were, you know, sub seven. And I mean, really, like made my whole evening. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, I was oh, very excited. That's great. <laughs> Um, is there any misconception about you? I'm sure there's a lot of them. I hope they're not that awful. <laughs> well, we'll just say that the only misconception is that you do not refer to yourself as a running rabbi until now. Okay, fair. There you go. Uh, do you have a favorite holiday? Uh, yeah. I mean, I think my favorite holiday is Shabbat, which for us as Jews is every single week, which is pretty nice. That's good. Yeah. It comes comes on a regular basis. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, if one was not that great the week before, you get another one. There you go. Uh, who inspires you? My husband inspires me and because he's we're actually a lot, very different and he has a lot of qualities I I strive to have. Um and my mom. Yeah. She's amazing. Awesome. Where's your mom now? 
Um, actually, I'm very lucky. I have two moms. My mother-in-law is pretty awesome also. I'm not just saying that because I'm hoping she'll listen to this podcast. <laughs> uh, my mother-in-law <laughs> lives here, which is so awesome. Right. They moved from Miami about six years ago. And my mom lives half the year in LA and half in Chicago. Awesome. Yeah. They're two great women. Great. Do you have a favorite book or a favorite quote or both? Uh, I love both uh, the, the Poisonwood Bible by Barbara Kingsolver and The Temple of My Familiar by Alice Walker. Those are two of my favorite books. Okay. And one of my favorite quotes is from Maya Angelou. And she said, when somebody shows you their true colors, believe them. There you go. That's a good one. When someone shows you their true colors, believe them. What is one piece of advice you would give your younger self? Before you were the running rabbi, you could go talk to Lori when she is back in, in growing up in LA. What's some advice you would give her? Uh, maybe don't worry so much about the court of public opinion. Okay. But I don't know if you can give anyone that advice. They got to figure that one out on their own. Takes a little bit of time. Yeah. For sure. Still working through it. What's one, uh, what's, what, what would you just say is your favorite race distance if you had to pick one? I mean, you've run, you've run halves, you've run fulls, you've, you've run, you've run mostes. Do you have a, just a distance that's kind of your favorite? Um, I mean, by my track record, it would be the, the full, but there's nothing better than a half because it's none of the stress, right? but it's still a significant distance. Yeah. And, um, you know, if it's not a great day, you didn't just like throw away four months of training for it, hopefully. Right. So a, a good half is fun. And yeah. you can kind of jump in on one of those. Yep. Tom King. I know they're not oh. doing it this year because of the COVID situation, but Tom King's a great, the Striders do a good job. It's a great race. Absolutely. So Tom, I've run Tom King a couple of times and I love that race too. Flat yeah. as a pancake. Flat Finishes as a pancake. at the 50 yard line of our favorite building I in know. Nashville, Titan yeah. Stadium. Yeah. But my favorite years of Tom King was when I worked the water stop at mile one with, uh, with East Nasty Running Group. Uh, so it was mile one on the way out, mile 12 on the way back. Yeah. And it was just a Saturday morning party for three hours, so handing out fun. water, singing, dancing, playing music, and just watching runners go out and come back. I, I love Tom King yeah. for the water stop working That's it. so good. I also love that occasionally on the way out, this is mile one of a 13-mile race, yeah. we would have people ask what mile they were at, what mile we were at. <laughs> I was like, okay. If <laughs> you got you, ways ahead yeah, of you. <laughs> if you are asking, like, they're like, hey, what mile am I at? I'm like, one. And I, you know, if That's you, what, and if you but, already want to know what mile you're at, you could probably do yourself a huge favor and just head back to Titan stadium but, and sh shut it down. The only year I've done Tom King was when they had to reverse it and they started at the airport and ran to Titan stadium and back. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, what year was that? Do you remember? That was last year. Okay. That's what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. um, but if you've ever run a marathon with really bad signage and you don't know what mile you're at, it's, it's incredibly frustrating. Right. Chattanooga, there seven race, seven bridges didn't 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 that's my plug for not running that one okay there you go <laughs> um what has running taught you commitment um appreciation uh and perseverance yeah all three grit a little bit of grit too grit, oh, grit helps in running yeah no doubt about it would you rather have a hug a high five or a fist bump high five all right. Last one, running rabbi, Lori, what is the purpose of life? I think just joy. Find joy in your life. You have that in your career choice. You got family that brings you joy, running that brings you joy. Uh, it seems to me, I know, I know we, we just met, but it seems to me that that joy uh, is a pretty constant in, in your life. Is, is that accurate? I 
try to make that a thing. Yeah, that's good. Well, thank you for being here, Lori, and letting me, me interviewing you. I know, you know Lori said that she has currently been on a podcast tour. This is your now second <laughs> running Might podcast. Last, yeah. really no fun. way. This is just going to keep keep it going. Uh, man, it's really neat to hear your story. And, and uh, I love that you love running as much love. as you do. I love that you like to give back to, to running this Gilda's race that's going to be happening soon is a, is a great Everyone should come out. It's going to be so much fun. You're going to have a 5K race or you can run one mile. It's the April, second week in April. Yeah, and you can uh, you can walk it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's the first weekend in April. Oh, it's the first weekend. Okay, yeah, gotcha. and you, I think it's April 3rd is that, is that uh, date. But you can, and just go to the website, Gilda's Club of Nashville, and you'll, you'll find it. And um, yeah, you can walk, you can run, you can run walk. Just, just want you to be out there. Just want you to be out there. It's going to be a lot of fun. I, I plan to I plan to be there. Excited about it. Thanks I will, again. I will high five you, Drew. High five. There you go. <laughs> thanks for being here, Lori. This is super thanks neat for hearing, me. hearing your story. And uh, yeah, thanks for being such a great ambassador for the sport. And and uh, I feel like now that I have my own rabbi as well. Yes, if yeah. that's okay. And we'll go run the six one five together. In thanks. <laughs> Appreciate it, Lori.